What's good, everybody? It's your boy, A. Mike Boogie, and this is episode 57 of the EBS podcast. What? Wait, is it 57 Wait, or 75? This motherfucker right here. <laughs> it's actually... 76, I think. Thank, thank you. Right. She's not, oh, okay. My bad, my bad. She's not even a regular yeah, yeah. on we'll, the we'll show. Wait, she knows. Y'all sure, y'all sure it's 76? I thought it was like 81. Damn. I know that. <laughs> right. This is 76. Yeah, let's, we don't need to okay, debate let me, it. It's 76. Let me, let me run that back. Right What's now. good, everybody? <laughs> it's your boy, A. Mike Boogie, and this is 76 of the EBS podcast. I'm here with the crew, Obi-Wan. Just to help him out, because apparently he's been drinking. It's episode 76 of the EBS podcast. This is your boy, Obi-Wan. What's good? <laughs> Young bro. What's up? What's up? And we got a special guest today. No, you need to you need to speak a little louder. You need to put your Vato's voice on. <laughs> Can y'all hear me now? There we go. Yep. All right. Yeah, yeah right yeah. there, y'all. It is seventy six, episode seventy six. So yeah, that was already established. <laughs> we have said that several times. Right. I just want the listeners to know that this is episode seventy six. They know. Do you know? <laughs> Thank you. Like uh, what? We got some valued listeners. They know what episode it is. Right. And once we put it out, they'll know because it'll have seventy six in lights. Oh, this is definitely a hot take. It's going. Fashion lights, well, lights, I'm lights. Myself. Returning. This is Kayla. Welcome. Thank Welcome. you. Welcome back. Long time. Where you been at, man? We've well, actually come on here like 20 times. Like, where you been at? So we, had to, we had to get rid of Ike the Great. You <laughs> must want me to blast you on this damn podcast. <laughs> what are you talking about? Because I ask all the time and you just be like, yeah, nah, whenever. I don't know. Oh, wow. We didn't no, know no, that. No, we, we're not, we're exactly. not going to listen to what she got to say. We didn't know that. Wow. Well, we're glad to have you. It's always great having a, another voice on the episode to tame the EBS crew, I suppose. I suppose. Yeah, but um, I, I wanted to finish our conversation that we were having in the car, Young Buck, about uh, toxic oh, yeah, relationships. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, that was a good combo. That was a good combo. Okay, so just for context for our listeners, uh, A. Mike and I were in a car uh, headed to our parents' house, and we were having a conversation. You know, um, it's kind of something I, I just thought about in the conversation. Why is it that pop culture, they they value or like they 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 hold on a pedestal toxic relationships. I feel like I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like just looking at the culture, like all of the quote unquote relationship goals that people be having, be toxic as fuck, man. And it's just like, why? Why is this a thing? Like the first thing that came to mind was Jody and Yvette. That was the first relationship that came to my mind, and I'm like, from motherfuckers ba- love. From- from baby, from baby boy. boy, yeah, and motherfuckers love that relationship. And in my mind, I'm like, yo, that's some toxic shit, for like a million and one reasons. And I just don't understand it. And then, like, I was doing research, and you won't believe like the amount of toxic relationships in pop culture I've heard of or I found, and some like okay. are, are big relationships. All right, what, what I want to hear the list. Shit. So one that I saw right was a. Uh, Bella and Edward Cullen from Twilight. I don't know if y'all seen the Twilight movies, but people would be loving the Twilight movies. I That's love the some Twilight. toxic shit. I do love the Twilight movies. Uh. First, yeah, of all, was- <laughs> first of all, fuck all toxic. She was marrying a vampire. Uh. No, okay. no. This nigga was toxic. Yo, so he, you know, he stalked her before they were like a thing. 
This yeah. motherfucker snuck up in her room and watched her sleep. That's some toxic shit. You wanted to eat right. ass. <laughs> Yo, name another no, one. Name Yo, that's some toxic shit. So we got um, oh, so this one when I saw it, I was like, yo, this one's gonna this one's gonna hit some people. So the two people, uh, Ali Hamilton and Noah Calhoun from the Notebook, mm, the Notebook was a toxic relationship, in my opinion. Her and uh, and Ryan Gosling's character, and then her and her husband, all three of them, were some toxic ass motherfuckers. So, so I'm I'm explain why that's toxic, and maybe we need to get get a little bit more deep into this. Is is what makes a relationship topic? And I'm curious as to why, why one of one of a lot of people's favorite love stories, which is not mine, I think the vow was much better, is a so, toxic relationship. So it's toxic because one, he and so the way he invades her personal space. So like she, he, he makes it her, and she says no. Like she tries to like stop the advances, and he ignores that. That was initially right, and then. Once, like, you know, all, like, all of that aside, once they became a thing and, like, they start to grow or whatever, like, he's threatening to kill himself when, when she wants to leave or, like, figure it or, or like, adjust herself right, right. or, you know what I mean? Like, that's toxic. They were on the Ferris wheel and he's about to jump off or some shit like that. Yeah. Wanna... Like, that's toxic. I feel like that's so, the root of it, though, right there. So, but, like, like I was saying in the car, I said, I, I feel like. When it comes to relationships, and, and I guess you, you, you view it as toxic, is it's the level of passion. And in all these cases, it's very clear that they're showing some type of passion, which could be deemed as toxic. I disagree. I definitely think Jody and Yvette, Yvette, how do you say her name? That's some toxic shit. <laughs> now, the notebook, I think that's more of a maturity thing. They met when they were like young, 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 and they grew into something very different than what they started as i think i'm not saying that i idolize that or that's relationship goals but i think what they portrayed is very different than uh jody and yvette can we get some more black examples yeah there? i was about to say i was about to say what's what's some from i think uh young buck had mentioned uh janae Iko and big sean oh yeah yeah, yeah. whose relationship goal is that they relationship goes to talk about. Oh, especially yeah. when it. Okay. No, I was just saying that I saw when um, the whole Jada Pinkett Will Smith thing dropped. A lot of people said that was relationship goals, and then you had kind of the, the the polarized views, toxic versus you know a, a healthy relationship. So, so I don't so, know how you guys feel about I, that, but I've definitely seen some interesting views about that. Since I think the information that's, dropped about um, what's his name, August Alcina. I think that's a, a great example of what I wouldn't consider a toxic relationship. Now, people want to call it toxic because of, of the stuff that went down and how, you know, she had this entanglement with August. But I think what we see there is maturity and how two people in a relationship are able to one, have a conversation about what was going on in their life, recognizing that either they need to step away from each other for a certain amount of time and see if they can continue to work on it. And that's what it seems to happen, that there was a conversation that said, look, man, you go do you because I need my happiness and I'm going to go do me. And then they were able to come back and mend it and still continue to move forward and have a relationship. What to me is toxic would have been the ability to not be able to think and see that through. I think that's what makes a lot of sh a lot of relationships toxic 
and the idea that you got to fight physically, right? You got to fight emotionally. So emotionally tearing somebody down and then try to come back. And that to me is toxic. And I think that's what a lot of people believe relationships are. If you ain't fighting in a physical or an emotional manner, if you ain't doing crazy shit, like talking about you going to kill yourself or stalking them like Edward did, then, then you don't love me. And I, I disagree. I just, as somebody who was in that uh, a, a toxic relationship, but uh, like a microaggressive toxic relationship, I fully believe that like Will and Jada's relationship was toxic. Like that whole that whole entanglement shit was toxic. Explain this, why. So I believe it's toxic for the simple fact that there is no way what what Will Smith said on the Red Table Talk was how he truly felt. There's no way. Like I mean, that he, was look, just some, he looked uncomfortable. And I'm saying, so, yo, in my yeah. opinion, in my opinion, and this is you know, what I'm saying I don't know if this is true, but in my opinion. He was emotionally manipulated to go on there and play the good husband supporting his wife for making a decision to explore herself. That ain't how you feel. I think sometimes um, there is, I think sometimes there is definitely, men are supposed to look a different way than women. Because how many times have women got up there and done, you know, what Will Smith has done? I don't think that their interaction was toxic. I think that August Elsina and Jada's, Jada's relationship was toxic. Yes. That shit was toxic. Yes. She took advantage of him full, full on. And we don't have to get into the details of that because I know you guys have already discussed it. But I definitely don't believe that Jada and Will have a toxic relationship. I think they have a relationship that's been filled with ups and downs like any normal relationships. And so- at times, things can happen in relationships that may be toxic but that doesn't mean the overall relationship is toxic you may go through periods of toxicity where you you know you have to cleanse the relationship you have to come out of it you have to figure out a way to work through it and i think that may have been what happened with them but i think overall they have a healthy dynamic they have a open lines of open communication yes they agree to do whatever it is that they do in their relationship and no matter what he had her back. So if he came on there and portrayed himself to be any type of character, which people are displeased with, that was his choice in order to support his wife. And absolutely, he's going to be uncomfortable in the situation. Like and her. Like women are uncomfortable when they go up there and stand beside their, their men. I'm sure Vanessa Bryant was uncomfortable when Kobe Bryant, you know. Did Hillary Clinton. Like Hillary Clinton. I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on. I think that they have something that we will never understand. Because number one, we don't have the lifestyle that they have. And mm. number two, they have a different type of marriage. I recently came across something about um, marriages that are not monogamous. And it really is a different way of thinking. And I don't think a lot of people understand that if, if that is what they truly have, and they're still able to be husband and wife through that, we'll never understand their dynamic. So quick question we'll then. Understand it. Quick question. So quick I think thing. it's hard to judge it when you don't understand it. I mean, out, outside of, of Will and Jada, I think the conversation is that people idolize or look at toxic behavior in, within relationships as goals. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. I mean, just think about Dre and how she said, it ain't love unless this nigga is choking me, you know, something, something to that I extent. Think she was serious. She was being yeah. stupid and immature. That's toxic that. as fuck. No, but I, I believe a lot of people think that. Like, I, you know, arguments. I, I do believe, know, I do believe that, right? Because yeah. that's they feel that someone showing that level of emotion, exactly. that level of passion means that they are loved, 
right? And I don't know, and I don't know if that stems from them not being loved or that just stems from what we see. I mean, we see all we have seen all types of Bobby and Whitney is a toxic relationship. We have seen all types of relationships from people that we idolize in the black community. I mean, even even though Rihanna and Chris Brown may not be goals, like that was goals. Rihanna and any dude has been goals, I think. And all those relationships have been toxic with Drake, a lot of different people. So we see those and, and, we, and we, we idolize that. And so we think that that's a, a normal thing that's supposed to happen. What the hell was that? Nothing, keep going. <laughs> Um, I, I don't know. I, um, I think it's, it's a, an interesting topic of toxicity. And I do know that a lot of people in those, first of all, to be in a toxic relationship consistently, consistently without, you know, trying to like fix yourself or fix the relationship, you have to be a certain type of person. Oh, sorry about that. You have to be a certain type of person. Um, you have to be broken in a lot of ways um and so when you look at like a jody and yvette situation those are two broken individuals you know you have to look at where the the life that they come from and the things that they think are important just like a, a gucci man and a kishi k or there may not have been that level of like you know screaming and all that other stuff but waiting for a man while he's in jail to me that's toxicity too because it took for her to to do, to do that for him to value her enough to marry her I think a lot of times people just need to feel something and that all that passion and you know all those additional emotions make people feel something you know I don't know if y'all watch P-Valley but there was a line <laughs> that Uncle Clifford said in P-Valley because one of the girls was getting abused um, and he was telling her you know I understand how you feel because Sometimes you just want to feel something, but love is not supposed to feel like that. And a lot of people just want to feel something, be it good or bad. And that's where that toxicity nonsense comes in. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought it was a great topic that we had in, in the car. You know, it was kind of an accident type of conversation. So I, I just wanted to hear what you guys had to say uh, about that. But let, let's get into the first topic of the, topic of the day. And uh, Young Buck, I, I'll let you take it over from here. This was your topic. Sure. So um, this is something that... Uh, Shout out uh, OG Bobby put in a group chat and it was a, a, a picture um, for our listeners. We'll make sure to post the picture um, on our social media just so y'all can get a heads up of what it was. But it's essentially a, the, a picture of a father. Um, and it's it's the, the it's it's two halves. The first half is it says like inside of the dad's head. Right. And it has all of these negative thoughts. So like he's worrying about like finances. He's worrying about bills. He's worrying about, is he pleasing his wife? He's worrying about, is he really a man? Like all of these negative things. And then in, and then the other half of the picture is him actually speaking and he's like, I'm okay. Right. And I just, I was so like sad and disheartened by it, but it made me think and it made me wonder. And it was just like, why is it frowned upon for men to express their emotions? Right. Like I had to think back to my upbringing and then I even looking at society, like how how we raise young boys. And it's just like, why do we always teach these young boys? Yo, you got to you got to hold this in. You can't you can't speak on it. If everything if yo the world can be on fire. But if your wife asks you, if your girl asks you, we are good. Why? We're human beings. Why can't we express? I, I, so my question, I guess, to the EBS podcast and to our guest, K-Law, why can men not express their their emotions so i looked at that picture and i know that man 
I know him very well. Um, I am married to that man. And, and it's not a negative thing to say, but I think about a lot of things that we've been through and I, you know, me knowing him, everybody knows I've been, I've known my husband since he was eight years old. You don't gotta put the business out there. <laughs> you know? you can, can you let me it's, speak? It's a, it's a beautiful you. story. It is. <laughs> I've known him since we were eight years old. And so I know him very well for that reason, like very, very well. So I can read stress on him sometimes before he reads it on himself. Um, an example, when our son was born, he was born premature. He spent about four and a half months in the hospital. And so I remember the stress that it had on both of us. And so he would allow me to, you know, crown his shoulder, you know, whatever I needed a hug or whatever, express myself. And I would ask him, you know, how are you? How are you doing? I'm fine. That's all he would say is I'm fine. But you could see that he wasn't fine. You could see that there were things that would make him, you know, just fly off the handle or you could just see that the stress in his body the way that he walked and i think like all of those things that i was reading on that picture is exactly the way that i know he was feeling and we've had conversations where i've said to him why is it why is it that you feel like you can't express your emotions in general but especially to me your wife you're supposed to share that burden and i think it has to do with societal norms it's the way that men are raised, the way that they're brought up to be able to, you know, they tell little boys from very young, don't cry, you're not supposed to cry. But my nephew was not even two. One, you know, one of the members in you guys' um, friend group would always tell him, you know, he shouldn't be crying. One of them told me one time when he was two years old that, you know, I shouldn't baby him the way I do or else he's going to be a little punk, you know, just trying to like over, what is that word? The, that, that, when you hyper masculine, you know, make him like hyper masculine at the age of two, you know, mm, not allowing kids to be kids. And when you train someone to, to feel that way or to see the world in that way from such a young age, you close off their emotions. Like I said, I've known my husband for a very, very long time. I could count on one hand the amount of times I've seen him cry and I would not be able to use all my fingers, you know. Because he wasn't brought up to, 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 and you guys should know better than I am because you guys were all raised in the household. Like how often were you able to like cry and say, I'm upset. I'm unhappy. Like we teach our son to say, you know, mommy, I'm sad. Daddy, I need a hug. Like how often were you able to be able to do that as boys, especially amongst each other, not even with your parents, but think about like, could you go to your brother and say, I need a hug. I'm sad. So, <laughs> yeah, I you mean, know, I, I agree. At the end of the day, I do think it has to do with uh, societal norms. And, uh, you know, that goes on both sides. And I think, you know, boys are, are raised a certain way. And, and part of that is to hold in your emotions and, um, you know, not really show it. I mean, Ike the Great likes to say, you know, um, up front, I look norm, but below the, the water, <laughs> my legs are kicking crazy and i think that's just something that uh i don't know men are, are raised to act like so yeah i definitely understood that picture i want to i want to touch on on hyper masculinity because this is a conversation that i want to have from a different per- point of view another time but i want to have it from the point of view in which we're kind of discussing it now and men from a young age have been putting these quote unquote masculine 
things, masculine activities, right? You know, like taking out the trash, you know what I mean? Like carrying boxes. And then as we start to get older and we throw it into sports, right? Playing, it's, it's a term, you know, man up is something that's used a lot in sports because it's like, you have to be mentally tough. So instead of telling a child to be mentally tough and how to deal with that within the sport, you just simply say, man up, be tough. And this was going to be one of our not so rapid fire uh, topics, but I want to bring it into this topic where um, Skip Bayless, who's a commentator on Disputed, makes comments about Dak Prescott, who talks about dealing with depression and experiencing anxiety during during the early stages of the coronavirus, you know, and then having his brother commit suicide in April as if he's not able to feel that. So some of the, some of the things that Skip kind of says is you're the leader of a team. You can't express these emotions because people are looking at you. And that to me is the wrong way to address that. Right. Because I get, he wants to say that you're the leader of the team. You have to be strong for the team. But what he's effectively telling him is you can't show emotion. And that right there is where, we as men don't realize it's being programmed because we play these sports from a young age and they basically say you can't show emotion versus saying you need to be able to maybe to control and channel your emotion into what you're doing. So as a leader of a football team, maybe instead of going out there and talking about your feelings, go to your team and talk about how this maybe experiences has carried you through you get what I'm saying? And, yeah. and that is something that kind of just carries with us through time. So it, it makes me ask the question, and this is even something I brought up in the group chat, right? Because as when you look at like even society, how we raise our young boys to be men, right? It's, it's from learned experiences. Yo, this is what I went through. I'm doing this. So I'm telling you this so you don't got to go through what I went through, right? So then I, it made me wonder, right um just looking back do we tell our do we raise our young boys not to be over emotional i guess uh, i guess you would call it not so they don't look like you know they're they're they can't control their emotions but more so so they don't they don't get manipulated right because like if you look at it and i want to get your take on it because we have three married people on this pod right now right is it is it more so because Many, I feel like many times you hear situations where men have been, be, or men or women, because it can happen either way, but specifically men have been betrayed by their significant other in the sense that they'll tell, they'll tell their significant other in a moment of vulnerability, a weakness, right? Like I have negative thoughts. Like I wonder about this. Like I, I wonder if I say, I please, please you sexually. I wonder if I can protect you, right? And then the spouse or the girlfriend will turn around and use this against them and in a, in a, will use this against them if they get into a fight. So I wonder, do we now tell our young boys not to have that vulnerability just because of that possibility? Like, That's, yo, this might, this might could happen. So you're speaking of a toxic relationship. I mean, yeah, definitely. Yeah. You, you said know. a mouthful. I mean, that's the, you can't touch on all of those, all of the, the points that you just touched on. Um, I think when it comes to children, it's about what's age appropriate at, you know, there's a certain age where they're eight, they should be able to express themselves emotionally so they can learn how to communicate what they need. And then you start, once they get to another developmental point, you start teaching them how to channel that emotion. You start to teach them what's appropriate 
for the age that they're at. You know, at 10 years old, they still shouldn't be having the same tantrum that they had at three. They should be able to communicate based on the tool that you've given them when they were younger. And then when they get to teenagers and then when they get to adults. So through the different stages of life, their emotional intelligence should grow. Hmm. Right. And so when they get into that relationship and they express themselves and their significant other, um, you know, talks down at them or, or, or makes fun of them or chastise them, they recognize that, hold up, this isn't the relationship I should be in because they've already developed that. What happens is these men go into these relationships and they don't recognize that that is a toxic relationship. They don't recognize that they shouldn't be someone that doesn't listen to them, right? That doesn't support them when they express their feelings. That is not okay. You shouldn't be in a relationship that when you tell your spouse or your your woman or your, whoever you're with that you feel you're having feelings of sadness that you know they tell you to man up they tell you to be tough things like that that's not a relationship that you should be in but if you haven't already developed that emotional intelligence you're not going to know that and you're not going to recognize that you're you know you're continuing to put yourself in a situation where you feel as if you have to be quiet not express your feelings say i'm fine all the time and that's not the case. And, uh, and the last thing I will say is I think as men, though, as men feeling as, as though we have to be leaders in relationships, we feel that we have to carry burdens for the family. And I think women feel this at different times. And I do think healthy relationships kind of back, bounce back and forth, bounce back and forth. I think the, woman, the man on the inside with all these emotions is, is still a woman on the inside having to carry so many different burdens, especially if the man is out there working, making money, and maybe she's not making as much money. Maybe she's spending more time taking care of the kids. She's spending more time taking care of the household. She still has all those emotions as well. And she's yeah, portraying I mean, I, she's I think, fine on the outside. I, I think it's, it's, it's much bigger than just within a relationship. I think when it comes to, to expressing yourselves, you know, as far as your emotions are concerned, I think society has made it seem like it's a sign of weakness and we could take it into the corporate world. We could take it into athletes, anywhere you want to take it. It's if you express yourself as a man emotionally, it's a sign of weakness and it's frowned upon. And, and that is the issue as, as a father, how do you, how do you raise your child? You know, when society says this is a sign of weakness, how do you raise your child to, to say, yes, it's okay to, uh, communicate your feelings when it's frowned upon, you know? And I think that's, that's where the disconnect is at this point in time. It's kind of like, okay, we have to raise our, our boys, our young, our young children to say, it's okay to be emotional and understand that if you go into society and someone is like, yo, that's not cool. You know, you got to stand with how you feel. And I, I think that's just something that's just not often expressed. And, and, and that's where the issue comes into play. I have a question for you men real quick. Like for women, even if we're taught to be tough and like not to cry and whatnot, we'll still like go into a place by ourselves and like let all that emotion out because we have to get it out as release. Like how come men don't do that? How come they don't? I know some men may, but how come men don't go off by themselves alone and like have a good cry? I'm, I'm going to tell you why. I think it's the dynamic of women's re women relationship with women and men's relationship with men, right? You, you not only go off by yourself and have that cry, but you may go with your friend. 
you may go with your sister, you may go with your ma- your your mother, and you may have that cry, or you may have no, actually. I'm talking se- about I'm talking about the women who are taught to be tough and they can't show weakness to anybody, so they'll still I, go by themselves. I what I'm saying is I think I think th- that stems from the relationship they have with other women versus when you look at the relationship men have with men the conversations we have with each other, the interactions we have with each other, there's no moment or opportunity where we're doing that. But I think rela- I think relationships with women present that opportunity to be able to do that. Now, whether that woman who's taught to be tough does it in that moment or does it later, she kind of saw that opportunity versus men. The dynamics of our relationship are not the same. We don't interact with, with men the way women interact with women. And I think that's part of where it stems from. So we don't go do that. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's we just, just not don't a do that. It's not a norm. Yeah, I don't even know if men are thinking like, oh, let me go cry by myself and then keep it to myself. I, like, it's just, I don't think it's something that even comes up in, in men's mind just because of, like you said, that dynamic between man and boy. So, and, yeah. I, and I do want to say, not crying is okay. I don't cry. It's okay. Bullshit. It's okay if you have other ways to express and get out your emotions and deal with them. I believe it's okay. Crying isn't the only way to do that. So I do think there is a misconception that, well, if I ain't crying, I ain't expressing my emotions, I ain't dealing with things. No, that's, that's not true. I don't need to cry to go feel whatever it is that needs to be felt. For me, I can go write a poem. I can go listen to a song. Like I can still go get the same emotion and get the same release without having, you know, tears coming down my eyes. But that is also not the norm for most men. And and maybe it's the same same reason why, you know? Look, man, to all my men who feel like they can't cry, see a therapist. And that's my take on that. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but uh, to keep with the, I guess, kind of a theme of, of, of how we're raising kids, um, there was this disturbing video that we saw of you know a mother beating the hell out of her child um, on because of a post that she put online. One, I thought it was ironic that you're beating your child because she put a post online, and here you are posting online you beating your child. And um, you know, some people who who might see that video might initially think like, oh, you know what I'm saying? Like she's beating her child, and that's 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 crazy. And, you know, the reason why she's beating her child is because of a video that she posted. But for me, it was more like, you know, we're missing the point here. Obviously, something is wrong with your child. And this is a person that's crying for help. And the way you're going about it is not going to help the situation. And for our listeners, um, essentially, the little girl posted a very sexual uh, video of herself. This girl looked to be like, what, eight or 10 years old? She was definitely. Yeah, under between, 10. Between 8 and 10. And um, the first thing I thought to myself is, where did she learn this? You know, was she sexually abused? You know what I'm saying? And I, I think for me, what's disturbing is as a parent, when you see your child do something like that, your initial reaction shouldn't be, let me beat the shit out of my child and embarrass her, you know, or him. It should be, oh my gosh, like what made you feel like you needed to do that? What is going on? What am I missing? you know, communicate with your child. And I feel like, you know, those type of things goes unnoticed, um, even to the point of embarrassing your children, especially with social media today. 
I feel like it's so easy for parents to embarrass their kids. And I'm me personally, I'm hypersensitive to that because, you know, growing up, my father used to try to embarrass me all the time. And I don't think that really helped what he was trying to do. And if anything, what he was trying to express to me got lost because of that embarrassment. Uh, I mean, what do you guys think? So <clears throat> this is something I brought up pre-production and I, I want to specific, I want to ask, uh, cause I brought it up to you guys, but I, I want to ask K-Law, are you guys, did you see the movie um, Cuties on Netflix or did you hear about the movie Cuties on Netflix? <clears throat> I saw the trailer today. Mm. So I asked because the the pictures or the video that she was taking, right, uh, specifically of her crotch area, like the poses are are like were sh- almost shot for shot of the same uh, pictures that the young the eleven year old girl from the movie Cuties took, right. So for me, it wasn't oh my gosh, uh, where you was sexually abused. Oh, you must have watched Cuties and and thought you could do the same thing. And I bring it up because like it's it's almost the same plight. In the sense that this is a, a young a young girl, right? Because she's eleven years old in that movie, and I think in this video she's like between eight and ten. Um, but who who doesn't really understand the world, but is trying to, in my opinion, just garner attention on social media. And so, like, it, it's unfortunate, but I feel like this is a very real thing. Like, so, and and, and I guess the point I'm bringing up, uh, cuties, is because so many people harped on it. And gave it an issue, but it's a very real thing, and we're seeing it here. Like, like this is this is children exploiting themselves. You know what I mean? Like, and doing these things without really understanding what it is they're doing. It was definitely a learned behavior. Mm -hmm. What she was doing, she saw that somewhere. You know, funny enough, I see a lot of what what we see on social media a lot are dances, right? girls women dancing doing different types of dancing and and sometimes what i think in my head when i see them is wow this is a sexual dance however there's a lot of skill to it so to me it almost kind of takes away from the sexuality of it when you're the person doing it so you may not realize you're being sexual because you're just doing moves and you're kind of like just dancing and and that's what I think it was for this little girl. She saw something. Maybe it was a dance. Maybe it was a movie. Maybe it was a show. Maybe that. Maybe uh, somebody even messed around with her in a way in which they said do this, and she started to emulate it on her by herself. She might have mm-hmm. saw, you know, with access to social media, there's a plethora of places she could have she could have seen that. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna have to play a little bit of devil's advocate and i don't have a children so i'm gonna speak from a place of ignorance here and i'm gonna say that before going on is that um the mother i understand why the mother responded in in the way she did and for those that saw the video i'm gonna say this the mother beat the shit out of the little girl now that's that's borderline abuse man she she, I, i will say she abused her now i'm i'm not i'm not okay with that and i don't agree with that but I understand why she responded the way she did from the perspective of someone who doesn't know how to deal with that, right? And who doesn't know how to deal with either her own failures as a mother, right? So maybe she was the one who influenced her daughter in this way. The, the, the thought of her daughter being out there in that way, so not knowing how to deal with your own emotions, seeing your daughter on the internet yeah. in that way, and you reacting like this to just beat the shit out of your child. 
So she has, you know, it is her own failure as a mother, but it's also her own failure not being able to deal with her emotions in in a situation like this. And who knows what that stems from? And and it's really tough for parents where you have your own emotional issues. You have your own, you know, we just talked about men not knowing how to deal with their emotions, but even women not knowing how to deal with their emotions when they bring a child into the world and then reacting like this towards your child. This was definitely a moment in which she should have tried to figure out where did you learn? Where's going Mm -hmm. on? Where did you learn this from? Where did you see it? Because if it was herself that she saw it, then she needs to evaluate her own self. Right. Because even even taking your um, like what you were saying about uh, this being like learned behavior, like as a parent, my first question is, oh, so who showed you that? Who taught you that? Like like even like let's forget about the, the show cuties. Right. For a second. Let's just like just looking at that. You are a young child who isn't readily um, accessing this type of behavior. Where did you learn this? Who taught you this? Who showed you this? Right. I'm asking questions. I feel like this is the point when you need to talk to your child. You know what I mean? You don't you don't just start out whooping the ass and just yelling and berating them. For me, it was it was it was traumatizing because just looking at the because the, the mom put the the child's face in the camera or you know what I mean? And like just looking in the child's face, you could see the trauma. And the first thing I thought of was, oh, this little child gonna need therapy. Like oh, therapy yeah. therapy. Oh yeah, she she personally wanted to show off her child to the internet. I'm saying in a way in which she just completely disrespected her. And at the end of the day, she didn't even get to the bottom of the of the uh, outcome. Like, like you didn't figure out, oh, is somebody abusing my child? Is my child watching porn? Is my child seeing me if I'm when I'm having like you didn't do any of that. All you did was berate this child and I guess kind of express why this is wrong. You didn't educate the child. You didn't you didn't tell the child why this is why this is wrong behavior. You didn't try to figure out where this behavior came from because this could be like this could be like um, the child seeking attention from her from somebody you know what i mean like oh i i need attention so i'm gonna do this this and this and i want you to see it and and give me attention yeah i I mean absolutely i agree god forbid that the daughter has been sexually abused you know has been has been taught to perform these acts and and the mother responded i to me that's far worse Mm -hmm. than you know far that's a far worse outcome than than probably what the mom could have expected. So it's definitely like un- it. it's definitely an unfortunate situation, and yeah. I'm I'm ignorant. So to me, I'm like I see why she beat her ass. I see why she yeah. beat her. You know. So so let me ask. Let me ask because as somebody who potentially will have a child in the future, right? Let's say you have a daughter, and you and you personally see your daughter doing these things. This is your same reaction. Like like you know like my, like be honest. My what daughter is, won't be doing process? them things. <laughs> no, but let's be honest. But, let's have this but, candid conversation. Yeah. So. I would definitely, first of all, I'm not about embarrassing my child on mm. social media. Okay. I, I, don't, I don't live my life through social media. There's no reason for me to go on and show the world how I discipline my child. So that, that's not happening. Two, I'm, I, I'm being very, I'm asking her sternly, where did you learn this from? Because she didn't learn it from me and she damn sure ain't learning from my wife. My wife don't get down like that. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I know she didn't learn it from her parents. So it was like, where is where are you getting this? The thing that people don't do often that we need to do is reflect on ourselves and try to understand how what we have done has allowed that to happen, right? So I'm thinking about censorship. So when my when my children are a certain age, they're not just gonna be on the internet all day long. 
surfing and doing whatever they want to do. They're not just going to be watching TV, being influenced by people other than, you know, their parents. So for me, I don't, I can't even imagine being in this situation because I don't think that the lifestyle that I'm going to have when I have kids is going to be conducive for this to happen. Um, but if this ever was to happen, thankfully I'm married. I would just let my wife deal with it. <laughs> I would I, I would have to let my wife I would have to let my wife deal with it. I'm not saying that I would beat her ass. I don't even think I would this to me, seeing seeing that video is not a situation where you go beat some ass. To me, seeing that video is a situation where you go investigate and ask questions and find out where you failed as a parent and how you allowed somebody else to influence your child, your child to be out way. here doing this crazy thing. Well, so let, let me ask you so. I mean let me so let me it could be your actions that your child is seeing. Hypothetically speaking, right? If you all had a daughter and you see this video on uh, from your daughter, what is your thought process? What are your actions? I'm, I'm I'm curious to know, especially because you you all are already parents. You know what I mean? So like you've been there. <laughs> talk, 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 talk. Ask mm. questions. Ask questions. Ask questions. Um, because what that video showed is she traumatized that child by doing what she did. Mm. and there might have been some trauma based on why that happened. We don't know if someone touched her or if she saw something. So if someone touched her, that's the first trauma. The beating is the second trauma. So you're causing a lot of issues there. So the first thing is to try to figure out why she did that and why she posted it to social media. Yeah, and for me, it's kind of like, you know, um, someone who grew up on beatings, I just don't believe in beatings. And it doesn't prepare you for, well, I don't believe in beings anymore. And it doesn't prepare you for society. And what I mean is we need to raise our kids to learn how to communicate and identify how they're feeling. And if, if that, that little girl was expressing herself because, like Kayla said, maybe she was touched or she saw something, then her parents you need to be able to communicate to her, like, hey, what's going on? And you know what I'm saying? And it's those type of tools that would help her when she becomes an adult. But when you're just beating her ass and you're posting it, on social media, yeah, you're scarring her, and that that feeling that she has, it could who knows what's how it's going to turn out after this situation. You know what I mean? I just want to make note that we should definitely in the future have a conversation about beating, um, because uh, I I'm a proponent for it. I I was beat as a child, and I don't disagree with it. My wife actually wasn't beat as a child, and she does disagree with it, and. Um, I do think that there's a difference between spanking your child as discipline and then beating, beating your child the way Yo. in which this mother did. <laughs> can I can I say I, something though? Too? I felt oh, the ahead. way you felt until the child actually came out of my body. I will say that. Well, so, actually, so hey, one ain't coming out of me, so no. <laughs> no, I, I'm gonna rephrase that. I felt the way you felt until I I spanked slash beat for the first time. Mm, okay. Okay. So I, I was going to say, because maybe because I thought it was K-Law who said this, maybe not. It might have been somebody else. But somebody was telling me how they weren't really beat as a child by their This is a woman who wasn't beat as a child by their father, but their father did such a good job of making them feel bad for whatever it was that they did, that they didn't need to be beat because that was worse. I don't know. Yeah. If, I thought it was Kayla. It might not have been Kayla. It might, no, it might have been somebody not else. Quite. I didn't get a lot of beatings, but I, I definitely was a type of child where you could give me a look or, I, you know, make me feel bad without beating me. I was terrified of beating, so I tried to avoid them. 
Oh, yeah. Okay. okay. Well, as I said, we we we're gonna have this conversation at another point in time. K Law, you're definitely invited to be on there to give your perspective and take. We'll see. Uh, well, okay, <laughs> we'll see. Uh, but I want to talk about something that uh, most of us on the EBS podcast have eclipsed, except for Young Buck, and that is our twenties. And so, <laughs> yeah, we're all over. We're all over in our thirties, except for Young Buck. He's in his twenties. He's living the you life. Know what I'm saying. Um, but I saw a post that maybe questioned my 20s. Like, damn, I, I, I fucked it all up. Or better yet, I mucked it all up. And I didn't do what I was supposed to do to kind of prepare myself to move into the future. And the post was, um, it said, goals you should have in your 20s. And so it was eight different goals. I want to just go ahead and I want to read off uh, the goals. So the first one is, and then, you know, I'll give you guys the opportunity to speak on all of them. The first one is start saving 10K a month, all right? Number two, wake up early every day. Number three, side hustle at 1K a month. Number four, read five books a month. Number five, exercise one hour a day. Number six, invest in stocks. Number seven, invest in real estate. Number eight, become a millionaire. <laughs> and so I read this shit and I felt bad. Like, goddamn, I don't, I, 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 I don't know that I did any of these in my twenties. I don't know that I do any of these in my thirties. I'm saying. And while I think some of these are very realistic, I do think some of these. First of all, start saving ten k a month. How much that's money bullshit. are you making yeah, that you can say. save? Can- Ten, you you must you must not have any debt. I mean, it's bullshit. Young Buck is is in his twenties. <laughs> you know, he's single, no kids, and he makes pretty good money. Nigga, can you afford to save ten thousand? So I'm, I'm about to say, let me let me answer this as a as a twenty person in their twenties. Yo, even if I was living at home paying no goddamn bills, I ain't saving ten k a month. Like what? But that's, I feel like this. It's a hundred and twenty k. A year. a year, I'm saying, but you know, I feel like this speaks to their other goal of become a millionaire in your 20s. Yo, just hearing this at first, I'm not gonna lie, I felt like, damn, I'm fucking up, but then I realized, yo, this is some bullshit. Like, besides <laughs> the very achievable goals of like going to the gym, uh, waking up like every that. day, you know, early, early waking up early, yeah, every day. Like, that's bullshit. And you know, what, you know what, one hour a day, those things are very attainable, but you, you know, why I think, you know, why I think this person is bullshit because I heard nothing about mental health. Because one thing we don't talk about, especially in your 20s, is the amount of mental devastation that people go through in their 20s, and nobody fixes that. And if you don't fix that in your 20s, that shit is going to balloon into something worse in your 30s, especially for our generation. You know what I'm saying. And like there was no there was no indication of that. There was no talk about working on your mental health. I don't give a fuck how much money you have. If your mental ain't right, bro, your money don't matter. So so before we bash this too hard, let's let's also focus on the fact that these are goals you should have, right? So they're not necessarily things, you know, they're not necessarily saying you should accomplish these, but these are goals that you should have and you should strive to do. Some of these are very easy. Exercise one hour a day, you can do that. Wake up early every day. If you got a job, hopefully you're waking up early every no, day. No, that, that's that's not easy. When you partying and shit in your 20s, mm. waking up early every day is not it's, attainable. It's easier than when you're in your 30s, though, right? You got some kids. <laughs> Hell no. Actually, it was easy in my 20s to wake up early. It's hard well, that's what I'm, Sorry, that's what I'm saying. It's more easier to do it in your 20s. So we partied, and we got up early. We had to, yo, 
K-Law, I know some stories about you as a teacher and you and your teacher friends of what y'all was doing during the week when y'all should have been preparing your and lesson plans. And I was plans. late to work every day and my students would roam in the hallways. That's why I don't teach no fucking more. <laughs> but, I mean, some of these are realistic as well. Invest in stocks. I think if you have a 401k, that's something very easy to do. Invest mm. in real estate. I think it's easy to do if you have a group of friends that are, that have um, a good, good enough income where you guys can kind of pull money together. So I can kind of see where they're going with this, but the saving 10K, the being a millionaire and the side hustle for 1K a month, I mean, that in itself is a 24 hour job. Like, where do you have time for anything else? Especially like you say, young buck, mental health when doing think, all of that. I think these are attainable if they're a little bit more general. I think it should just say start saving. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah. Um, I think it should say side hustle. You know, you might not be able to side hustle a thousand a month, but if you can hustle 400 a month, that's more income. It, invest in stocks, you know, exercise. Even if you can't exercise daily, just exercise, read. Even if you can't read five books a month, I think they need to be a little bit more general. And then when you get into your 30s, you can, you know, make them more detailed, more specific. Yeah, this post sounds like it comes from a, a child whose parents is in the top 10% and they got connections. Cause if you do the math, right. Do the math. Like in order to save 10 K a month, like how much money do you have to bring in? Cause obviously you got to put some money aside for yourself. You know what I mean? So that means your, your, your biweekly paychecks have to be a lot of money. And the only way you're going to get a, that type of job is if you come from Ivy League school and you got to connect straight out of college and, and you making, I mean, unless if you're an athlete. If, if, 10K, a, if, if 10K you got a, a nice, month after tax, nigga, you, you bring in at least 1200 If you got a nice, a nice side hustle and you're a millionaire, yeah, that's, that's you know, you, you already, you're already doing that. Yeah, I think they just need to be more general and then they would, they would seem attainable to most 20 year olds. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Def, definitely be more general. I, all in all, you should have goals in your 20s. Some of these are aspirational goals. And, uh, you know, as K-Law said, I mean, they're, they're not really realistic. They definitely should be more general. I don't think that you need to have all eight of these, right? I think, honestly, you only need to have one of these. And then everything else, you know, if you're doing that as well, you're doing that as well. Most people ain't exercising every day. I mean, like the way life is now, man, with all the shit that's going on, you can't even leave your house, let alone exercise. <laughs> Push-ups. Exercise at home. <laughs> no, I mean, listen, the way I look at it, I, I would not let this type of post um, bring me down. I would just kind of look at it and be like, all right, which ones do I feel like was is realistic? Because honestly, when you look at that, there's a few that are just unrealistic. And there's there's some you can take at it, take it from a general perspective. And, you know, just keep it moving from there. So, yeah. Um, so, this is something new that we want to do with our guest, K-Law, today. And um, I want to give you this opportunity to ask the EBS podcast, you know, any questions. Or, or, or topics. Or, or topics, yeah. Or throw in a topic that you might want to talk about. It would have been nice to know this before I got on a podcast, so I, I'm not put on the spot. So, oh. so for that reason, I had to throw y'all under the bus for not preparing me. So at this time, <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't have anything because I'm not that quick on my feet. So I mean, you, you, you've known the podcast. You've known the guys from the podcast for a while. I mm mean, -hmm. um, you've listened to, to some episodes. So just based off of that, is there any questions that comes to mind? 
No, I mean, when I'm listening, I always have questions. I'm always talking back to the radio or the phone or wherever I'm listening from. And I'm, I always say to myself, oh, you know, I got to remember to ask that. But I mean, I can't write it down while I'm driving and stuff. So no, I don't have anything. Well, it definitely time. makes us feel good that we invoke some type of emotions from you when you listen to our podcast. You hear that, listeners? I don't know that they, the, I don't know if it's positive emotions, but. Some not, positive sometimes, negative sometimes. It's not always bad. It's not always bad. Um, but I wish I had known that because I would have definitely come prepared. Yeah, you know, it's all good. So no topics, no questions. Well, that's good. Sometimes no questions is a good thing, right? So uh, if, if if we don't have any questions or topics, I think it's time to move on to our favorite part of the the uh, podcast. That's the not so rapid fire. I do got a real quick question. Why don't this <laughs> sound like a, a, a real, you know, sound Wait. Oh, uh, about our not so rapid fire. Yeah, <laughs> it's nah, listen, that's, you, that's the authenticity of the EBS podcast that we don't want to we don't want to stream pump fake fake noise <laughs> into our podcast for the sake of doing it. Oh, okay, we keep, that's it, we keep it we keep so, it natural. But you know what? This sounds like a a guest spotlight question. So, would you like us to change it or alter it in some way? Yeah, that's I would true. Like- to hear something other than you guys' face, <laughs> voice gunshots. <laughs> so you don't you don't enjoy it? I don't enjoy y'all pure 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 pyrams. No, I don't. Mm-mm. I feel well, like that's a statement of the EBS. And you remember them. Right? So Yumba, go ahead, go ahead and cock Big Bertha for her, so she can get some real live. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. <laughs> but you know what? We may have to do that. You know, use it as a soundbite moving forward. That's true, right? Nah, man. Forget what K-Law say. <laughs> that doesn't even sound like a gunshot. <laughs> no, Go ahead, Obi-Wan. I, I, I the Great does the gunshots, and he's not yeah, here today, so yeah, you yeah. ain't getting no gunshots. That's all you get. Shout out, shout out Ike the Great, man. Right, shout out Ike the Great. Right? Yeah, shout so, out Ike the Great. Shout out to OG. Not so rapid fire. Uh, We're going to talk, start with uh, Joe Budden has been in, uh, you know, he's been in the news recently with both his exes. Uh, coming out talking about how he was abusing them um i think uh since antenna said that he dragged her and then punched her and then um what's the other chick's name tahiri Tahiri. yeah tahiri basically said that he was he was beating on her man and joe button definitely came out and vehemently said at least to tahiri that she was the abusive one um but that right there is a toxic relationship. Let's just go ahead and say that, man. But uh, I mean, what do we think about these allegations? I know some of us listen to his podcast and things like that. So how do we think with all of that and uh, the Spotify thing going on? How how is he going to deal with this? Can I just yeah, say? Yeah, so I mean, there's there's a bit of a backstory with this, and um, I honestly feel like this is a um, a topic for another day. But you know, his first um, baby mother, there was allegations there where she said uh, he beat her. Obviously, I, I think she was lying. She later came out and said their relationship was toxic and she was angry. So fast forward, you got to Harry and she said what she said. And the thing with his new baby mother, she didn't she didn't say that. You know, that was actually stolen from a text message or something that was private. You talking about sin? She came out and she pretty much said, you know, I want to keep my personal life personal. Mm, okay. Um, she has no issues with her baby father. He's a great father, and so on and so on. Um, 
And yeah, I'm glad you brought up the Spotify deal because I just feel like it's very interesting that at the moment where he's saying that they're going to move away from Spotify, all these allegations are coming out, even to the point where they're talking about, you know, he, he abused his dog because um, a, a few episodes or a while ago, he mentioned in a joking manner that, you know, his, da- his dog looks sad. So every once in a while, he'll jerk his dog off so his dog could get a nut. You know, just That's being funny. Shit. The, the people on the show thought it was funny, but it wasn't. I don't. He wasn't being for real. And yet, you know, um, after this whole thing going on with Spotify, they brought it up. So for me personally, it has me wondering: like, is there an alternative, alternate motive going on here? So, so I just want to make. I a, don't know enough about Joe Buttons to care or comment. <laughs> <laughs> I feel I you on that, that one, K Law. I appreciate that. I know, but because I don't even like listen to his podcast or like really know much about him either. But I feel like from the perspective as a, of a man, man, we got to do better because not even like Joe Buttons ain't the only one. There's a lot of men in general in the news right now for like beating up their significant others, man. We got to We got to do better, man. Like this. I, it, it don't feel good right now. I feel like every time I turn my phone on, it's a new nigga being uh, accused of, of beating up his wife. Or, or cheating on his wife or doing something, man, we got to do better, fellas. I mean, man, that goes back to what we were talking about, not being able to express your emotions. It comes out in other ways. Man, man fuck that. Man. I'm, I'm the angriest nigga on this podcast. I ain't never hit not, man, nobody. Trigger for trigger. We, <laughs> we got to figure it out, man. Like I, I mean, said, fellas, go to therapy. Men, you know, men I, have I to, think, men have to do better. I think deeper conversation yeah. at a later date. Men have to do better. I agree. I agree. A lot of times these relationships both parties are being abusive to each other and you just have to recognize when you a toxic relationship and back out but speaking of toxic men tory lanes finally breaks his silence and comes out makes a statement about you know the whole mag the stallion situation and he kind of indirectly admits to shooting her well he basically said you know he was drunk when he shot her so he had a Plaxico Barra situation right there. Well, did he, did he say I was drunk when I shot you, or he just said I was drunk? He said I was drunk. However, again, as I said last episode, as a member of the Short Nigga Coalition, I don't give a fuck if he was drunk, high, and or out of his goddamn mind. This nigga gone. This is not okay. But it, it now makes me it makes me wonder. Um, like, like it, it makes me wonder. This this motherfucker was drunk, and he was able to hit her in both her ankles. Oh, that nigga's an assassin. <laughs> all, all jokes aside, though, all jokes aside, though, this is clear cut and dry case of toxic masculinity or toxic toxicity in general. And in my opinion, Tory Lanez needs to be not only in jail but under the fucking jail. Like people keep saying, we need to deport him. Fuck that. He needs to be in an American jail to pay for the fuck the the crimes that he did. Like he traumatized this young woman. And that's just well, not okay. Honestly, I think it brings an interesting into the situation, right? Because we haven't heard a lot of we haven't heard a lot of facts, even from Meg, although she's spoken about it a little bit more than um she's spoken about it a little bit more and she kind of basically said, you know, Tori did shoot her. It to me, it brings another factor into this whole situation, especially with Meg not coming out right away. You know, Meg kind of defending him. Maybe she felt as if it was an accident and not something that was done on purpose. So I'm definitely curious to really continue to get more facts and see uh, and try to hear the, hear the truth about about this and what really went down because uh, we still don't have that yet. 
And she definitely made some cryptic comments about how she was protecting him. Um, yeah. I don't think she felt like it was an accident. That shit was done on purpose. Yeah, no, and I she was no fucking young accident. Buck. His ass needs to be in jail. There is no excuse. I don't give a fuck if you were drunk. I've been drunk a lot of times, and I have never shot anybody, beat anybody up while I was drunk or anything of that nature. It's, I'm saying. it's not okay. I mean, hey, Plaxico Perez shot himself in the leg. And that nigga should be in jail, he too. He, he didn't go to jail for that. Himself. He, you, if you can do harm to yourself, that's one thing. You need help. But inflicting harm on others who have no choice or say in the matter that's not okay. If I'm going to be drunk and shoot myself in the leg, okay, I got to take that up with me. And that's yeah. it. That's true. I definitely I definitely feel you. I agree. So, we'll see. We'll see. He's going to jail. Um, honestly, I think that, uh, I, I don't think anybody should be saying anything until the investigation is over, but I think even still Megan Stallion, as the black woman that, you know, she is and, and how black women are constantly protecting black men, I think she's going to protect him. And um, he's not going to go to jail. He deserves to go to jail. What he did was crazy. And um, yeah, but I don't think only, he's going to only only time will tell. So we'll see what ha- we'll see what happens with that. We'll see what happens with that. All right. So music ain't that good. Conversation for another day. Um, but all right. So we've heard some recent comments come out about our president uh, and this pandemic that we've been dealing with and about how he's been downplaying the severity of the pandemic and out here basically saying it's going to be all right, it's going to pass. Once the heat gets it, it's going to disappear, saying a whole bunch of nonsense. But it seems that he was only doing that to not really play up the truth about this pandemic, which most of us are trying to take seriously, believe it or not. I think there's some important things that we should mention. One, he said there was no need to wear a mask. And he, at first, was not wearing a mask. And, you know, there's been lots of people who have died on that word. So we need to keep that in mind. Uh, The other thing we need to keep in mind is, and I don't know if this is true, but I've I've heard that, uh, you know, Donald Trump let his rich friends know the truth. And they prepared even to the point where some people started to sell their stocks early because they knew the market was getting ready to, to drop some, you know, in the, in the beginning of this whole pandemic. And I, I think the way I look at it, this is a crime. What he did is a crime, okay? He, he made things 10 times worse. And at this point, they're saying, we're not gonna get over this to the end of 2021. And all of this could have been prevented if he had just told the truth. There need to be some consequences for his actions, period. Yeah, I mean, uh, everything that you echoed is why that this is a more serious situation is because people's lives are involved. You know, if the world is ending, I don't want you to tell me everything is good. And then all of a sudden I wake up and I'm dead. Like, I want you to tell me you wouldn't wake up. But yeah, I, I know. Right. I want you to tell me that the world is ending. I want to be able to be able to make that choice. And I don't think that he gave people the I do feel people made the choice in trusting and believing him and not trusting what the doctors were saying. But I feel that there were a lot of people that didn't actually get the choice because there are some people that just believe everything a president says, no matter what he's saying. And a lot of those people didn't really get to make a true choice about whether or not they wanted to believe this was serious or not serious. 
I guess the, the only question I have is, isn't this murder? This motherfucker downplayed a pandemic that killed more people than the 9-11 attacks. This shit is, is, is murder. This shit is murder. All right, so we're going to move on to the next one. <laughs> um, I saw I saw, uh, uh, I saw this. A lot of people actually sent me this on IG the other day. It was a post uh, of it looked like somebody was getting kicked off of a plane um for their attire so they had on a shirt that said uh fuck trump fuck cops and fuck racism and apparently the airlines ain't like them wearing that shirt and was getting ready to kick them off the plane unless i guess they changed the shirt and to me i just find that to be a little bit i don't know i kind of find it ridiculous like why they're getting kicked off the plane for something like that maybe i'm biased no, um, I agree with you, but I'm also of the same volition that we shouldn't fire people for what they say outside of work. But this is definitely wild, in my opinion. Um, you don't need to be kicking people off a plane for freedom of expression. And I feel like we're just forgetting it. Like, cancer, I feel like cancer culture has allowed uh, American society to forget that we have free, the First Amendment, freedom of expression, freedom to say what the fuck we want, as long as we're not threatening people. And they weren't threatening anybody on that shirt, unless, I, unless I'm mistaken. But for me, what you described, they wouldn't threaten nobody. Right. However, I'm going to take a, the perspective. Speaking to the mic. It's a private business, right? Yeah. I have the right to, to kick you off if I don't agree with your message. I, and, you know, fair enough. You that, that was the other point I was, I was going to get to. I mean, the airline does have a right to say, well, you know, I don't, I don't agree with what you're saying. And because of that, I don't want you flying on my plane. Now, the only problem I have with that is in a way it's still kind of like censorship or whatever, because you're saying, you know, as opposed to saying, I don't agree with what you're saying. You're saying, I don't agree with what you're saying and get off my plane at the same time. And well, that too. Let me, let me ask you if, if, if a person's on there with a MAGA shirt and saying, make America great again, and they, uh, and, them, and fuck Black Lives Matter. Yeah, and they kick them off the plane. Are you you still keeping that same energy? Yeah, I, I don't. I don't, I don't okay. think you need to kick anybody off a plane because they got on a MAGA shirt and they say fuck Black Lives Matter, as if we don't know that exists. Now the difference the difference is is how is this person like affecting others if they're going around and they're going in people's space saying, fuck Trump, fuck cops, fuck, you know, racism. And maybe these people are Trump supporters or maybe these people are cops and, and they have some type of influence over them. I can see that, but just by them wearing a shirt, whether it's, I mean, by that definition, you need to kick people off planes that wear MAGA hats. You know what I mean? I mean but essentially that's what the shirt is doing. I mean, the person is not walking around and, and pointing to their shirt to everybody, but the whole point of wearing a shirt with words on it is so that people can see. And so we can't get mad once a person reads that and they react in the way that they react. You know what I mean? It is what it is. But so, and I, I, I feel that. But what you do is you allow someone, you will, you, you respect someone else's freedoms while, while not expecting the other person's freedoms. And perhaps this is a, another conversation that we need to dig a little deeper on um, about, you know, freedom of speech and censorship and, and this whole push to socialism that uh, Joe Biden and, and, and Kamala Harris are going to bring us if they're elected, that's definitely Allegedly. a conversation. 
that's definitely a conversation that uh, we need to have at another time. But we're going to move on because uh, not so rapid fire is not so rapid. Uh, <laughs> uh, so we're going to move on to sports, talk about uh, the NBA, not about what they've been doing, protesting and all that good stuff, but about uh, how, once again, they kind of continue to be the forefront and, and, and change and things of that nature. And Doris Burke, who is – if you watch sports and you watch basketball, you should know who Doris Burke is. She's a commentator. She's an analyst for the NBA. She becomes the first woman uh, in-game analyst for the NBA Finals, mm. which I think is fucking huge. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's amazing. It's amazing to see how women are are getting are coming more and more into these quote unquote boys clubs where it was only men so women coaches women analysts things like that i think this is fantastic shout out to yeah shout it's out to dope team. dope very dope i think you know and this could have been a shout out as well i just think you know we gotta we gotta give props to the nba for for continually leading by example um they've always been ahead of the game when it comes to the the four big sports organizations and um i appreciate this and you know she she's a um a god godfather a godwoman if you will of the game when it comes to this so yeah shout out i mean that's dope congrats to her yeah Uh, k K law do you want to say anything about this represent for the women on the pod Uh, i think it's it's great um what she's doing i don't know a lot about sports so i don't understand really what's i mean what's happening <laughs> first woman of something sounds awesome she's is she black she's white she's white, she's white. Okay. but but her voice will be the voice of and think about like the, everything going on in 2020 how the nba put a pause and then came back one thing that you remember when it comes to sports in the nba finals is her voice she will be in the history books forever like that's mm-hmm. a big deal and and that opens a and and honestly, I think that will hopefully open the door for more women uh, and black and black women, you know, like Carrie Champion, like Jamel Hill, who yeah. are out there doing their thing with their podcasts and 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 all that. You know, when stuff. I hear first black woman, you know, I'll be doing flips. So absolutely, absolutely, shout out to our black people out there. Uh, but keeping with sports, actually, no, I'm gonna skip this topic because I kind of mentioned that we discussed it earlier with Skip Bayless and his his crazy ass comments. Um, but um. NFL started. We had the first game the other day on Thursday, and they kind of had their little show of, I guess, unity. Their show. I don't even know. I don't even know what to call it, to be honest with you, because I was actually disappointed that that was all they did. I don't know if anybody else felt that way. All they really did was they stayed in, you know, the, the Houston Texans stayed in for the anthems. Kansas City Chiefs were out there. They locked arms. They had a moment of silence for social justice, and then they played the game. And to me, I feel like they dropped the ball. I don't know if anybody else agrees. Like, they, they dropped the ball. It, it's the NFL. Why are you surprised? <laughs> Facts. Yeah, I mean, I missed it, but you, you know, I, I'm not surprised. <laughs> the reason why I'm is surprised is because I felt like they were making strides in the right direction. We've seen a lot of people – I mean, we've seen a lot of uh, folks in the NFL speak up. You know, we talked about the Ravens putting out a statement about their demands. The the Miami Dolphins, uh, a number of their uh, players did a video talking about what they want to see from the NFL, what they want to see from owners and making their demands. I mean, I, I just felt that 
with everything that's going on, seeing how the NBA is, has taken on social justice, seeing how MLB is taking on social justice, I just felt that they would have done more uh, for this game on Thursday. Unfortunately, we're recording prior to Sunday, so we don't know how Sunday will be. But, yeah. Isn't the NFL always kind of last, mm-hmm. you know, and shamefully last when it comes to this type of stuff? It's almost like they don't give a fuck, whether it's um, racial uh tension or um i'm sorry i can't i'm, I'm having a, a brain fart whether it's racial issues or things like you know violence against women or don't they always struggle with these types of things they do but as i was saying i feel like they've been making strides to be better and i just they felt have. like this was an opportunity for them to be better and they yeah were. i mean I, I think they have but it's also it's early you know we got to keep in mind that i i think the nfl is still trying to figure it out i mean they, they've made strides to the point where they say, yeah, we fucked up with Colin Kaepernick. We acknowledge that. And to me, that, that was big, although it was a little too late. It was big. But, again, we got to keep in mind, this is new. The NBA been doing this shit for at least five years. The NFL is just now admitting certain things. You know what I mean? So I have no patience for the NFL. I'm sorry. <laughs> you and a lot of people. There's a lot of people who still yeah, do not watch a lot, the NFL a, the, from back couple years when you know black people were boycotting the nfl but yeah i you know speaking about the nfl i don't know how y'all feel but like you know i've been feeling a lot like damn i wish sports wasn't back because i feel now people are gonna try to get back to a normal right i feel like people are gonna go back to ignoring what's happening and try to go back to a normal and i feel like nfl is gonna be the reason why they do that and I don't want that to be the case. Like, I love NFL. I love football. I want to watch my team on Sunday. I don't lie. But at the same time, I don't want that to be a reason why we forget about this change that so many of us are out here trying to fight for, mm-hmm. you know, that we desire, that we want. I think that's where players come into play. One one of the, the biggest things that we don't really talk about too much, or, or at least we, we try to, and I don't know if it falls on deaf ears, is that the NBA players are fully involved on trying to make sure that the NBA understands how they feel and to make change. The NFL players need to do the same. And I'm not talking about some regular old, old lineman who nobody knows his fucking name. We're talking about the stars. The stars in the NFL need to make sure that you know, their demands are being met and, and call the NFL out when it's not, you know, and they need to come together. It shouldn't be like one or two NFL players that say something and everybody else is like, well, you know, that's what they chose to do. I'm going to stay I, neutral. No, there should be a unified front and that's how they need to approach it. And then you'll start to see some of the changes that you're talking about and, and things won't, you know, fall but by the wayside. I, I think so that's the NFL that's, players come together. You kind of missed the point. It's not. It's not that the NFL isn't doing anything. Is that the NFL is going to normalize society for those of us who have been very hypersensitive to uh, what's going on, and so I just don't want us to lose this fight and passion that we have for what's going on in, in this country, you know? So, all right, on to the last not so rapid fire topic. And, and this is going to be one of our IG posts that we posted. Um, and just to kind of briefly discuss that, that topic, uh, a woman was talking about 
uh, Christmas with her boyfriend who has an ex-wife and they share a child together. And on Christmas, the mother of that child, you know, had said to the, to her boyfriend that the child needs to wake up with both his parents, basically implying that the, you know, the father needs to come spend the night at the ex's house. And she's kind of like, uh, I don't know about all of that. Um, I'm I'm curious what you know the the married couple with a child kind of thinks of this. Is that okay? <laughs> I mean, I, so that's a a tough one. If that is what your family agrees to do, and when I say family, I mean everybody involved. That means bonus parent as well. That's fine. But if there is someone who is a part of the family who is uncomfortable with that, it's, you know, I think that there has to be another way. Maybe not spending the night, maybe find a way to have the parent come over early in the morning. Um, and even if that's not possible, then it's not possible. Then maybe you had to drop the kid off halfway through. You have to find a way to make things work. Um, and I think what is most important is maintaining a peaceful environment for the child. So if doing things that are not going to, like the adults are not able to be peaceful in that moment, um, it, you try to force things, then you might as well not do it. You have to find another way. I think making sure the, the child has a calm, peaceful, loving environment at all times is what's most important. Yeah, I mean, as, as a man, you know, sometimes we can, we can go off and think about several different scenarios when it comes to this situation. And I think when I initially posted, uh, made my comment on the post, I said, you know, kids are, are resilient. They're, they're smart. If you communicate to them that no, mommy and daddy are not, are not together. Mommy and daddy have other relationships. And so therefore mommy and daddy cannot wake up and um, I mean, spend the night together to wake up together so you can open your presence together. I feel like kids will understand. But also to me as a man, this just sound, sounds like, you know, someone who's trying to have his cake and eat it too. Who knows what's going on when they spend the night? You know what I mean? And there's so many ways you can go about it without spending the night with your baby mother that you're no longer with when you're already in a relationship. It just, to me, doesn't make sense. And, and why, why lie why? to your kids? Why we why, always... Why? You do more... You, do, um, you don't do them justice by, by keeping the truth from them by doing this type of shit. I, I, I don't know. I feel like we people always assume the negative versus assuming this is nothing. If it's legitimately, she feels that he sh the child should wake up with both parents. Here's an opportunity for you to come spend the night. The girlfriend can come. I don't really care, but he should wake up with both. The child should wake up with both parents. That's all it is. I don't see why we always got to add this extra. She, you know, she trying to get hers or he trying to get his, like, why can't it just simply be that, the mother of the child is trying to do what's best for the what's best for the child with respect to their relationship. If the girlfriend right. ain't having it, the girlfriend ain't having it. And ain't going down. They need to figure something else out. You know what I mean? Can I ask something? Why is waking up with two parents on Christmas the best thing for the child? Well, Yo, this in my that's, opinion, that's, that's I'm saying my, if that's what the mother thinks. I don't yeah, think, I don't think who, the child cares. To be honest with you. Yeah. Yo, I mean in my I, opinion. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say, in my opinion, uh, in an episode where we're discussing toxic relationships, this is toxic. And this is manipulation. Like, you're leveraging the child so you can get him to come over or get her to come over. That's manipulation, bro. 
but once again, why is that what you go to? Why can't it just be she feels that's what's best? The mother you, feels you know that why? that's best. You know why? Because I want to know how, how old the child is. Because I guarantee you this isn't the child's first fucking Christmas. Oh. So how many Christmases? How many Christmases has this child had with one parent? No, if you thought it was best, then they should have stayed together. I'm no. saying. No, no, no. It's not that cut and dry. And so it's take, not. Thank take, you. Take the whole. Take the whole. Oh, what if they trying to do something out of it? Who cares about that? Because that's not even that. My mind didn't even go there. What if all parties can't get along? What if? you know the parents can't get along what if the bonus parent can't get along with one of the biological parents like you have to take all of that into account and if nobody might not be trying to fuck anybody in this, this situation but when you get all these people together arguments might occur which creates a toxic environment now you've ruined the child's fucking christmas you know what i'm saying like it, it just might not be possible and there are alternatives but you also have to be willing and adult enough to sit down and figure out what that alternative may be Spending the, the night might not be the best alternative, but it's not just because, oh, she's trying to get into the, to the dad's pants. It's, that's not usually always the case. It's, just, it's a complex situation. Thank and you. And I think you have to treat it as such. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> no, we would have I mean, been arguing agree. had K-Law not been here to spit these facts. I agree it's complex, man. It's just, I don't know. I just. I mean, I come me... from a blended family, so I understand how the dynamics can get, mm -hmm. you know, skewed very quickly. Okay, that's fair. All right, that's it for not so rapid fire inserts real live gunshots for K-Law. <laughs> All right, so I guess we got shout outs now. Um, so who has shout outs? Anybody? You do. I know I do. I'm just anybody else. Why don't uh, you just give so, your shout out? Uh, my shout out goes out to Charlemagne the God and iHeart uh, Media for their partnership to launch the Black Effect Podcast Network. Um, you know, as a podcaster, I think this is this is going to be dope. And what they're trying to do in the fall is debut. 18 podcasts, um, and these are going to be all black podcasts. And <clears throat> I think, you know, when you listen to Joe Button arguing about how Spotify doesn't value their podcasts and so on and so on, we need platforms that are going to value the black voice, the black creator. And so, I, uh, you know, shout out to Charlemagne for thinking above the box or whatever, outside of the box, and, and coming up with this partnership with uh, iHeart. So shout out to them. All right, I don't, I don't really have any shout outs except uh, to all my black people out there, man. Keep, keep living, keep doing your thing. One of our, one of our uh, listeners, I ain't gonna shout her out. Matter of fact, um, had posted something about you know the struggle that black women go through um, at in the, you know, in the work environment where they're dealing with um, things that they can't outwardly express. And so my shout out, since I just kind of thought of it, is to all, all the black people out there that deal with stuff, personal stuff, things that are going on in the world, things that are happening with their families, and still kind of go on each and every day uh, to fight for change. Uh, to fight for social justice, to fight for people around them and do their jobs, man. Shout out to y'all because y'all are truly strong, tough people. You may not feel that way. You may feel weak, but you're truly strong, tough people. And a lot of us are looking at y'all as examples um, and 
you know, find somebody that you can express yourself to and express your feelings to. Uh, so you don't feel as if you're the only one that's dealing with it. So shout out to everybody that's dealing with something, but still pushing through, still plugging on. Yeah, that's dope. K-Law, Young Buck. I want to nah, shout out all the black therapists out there. Uh, I know they are overwhelmed at this time, um, but but just shout out to them because they're they're doing great work. And shout out to all the people who are brave enough to attend therapy at this time. Yeah, yeah, that was a good one. I don't got no shout outs, however, but to K Lost Points, all my all my fellas out here, get your therapy in, dog. Get your therapy in. That's a fact. Are are you are you still doing therapy, Young Buck? Yes, sir. Talking about it on the podcast. Yeah. Shit, my uh my therapist actually been out of pocket for a few weeks, but I'm still doing therapy. He been I just want to make a recommendation to to people out there, uh, black people. If you're going to therapy, make sure you're going to a black therapist, specifically a black woman, if you can. Mm. Ooh, <laughs> anyway, that's a conversation. That's that's a conversation for another day. <laughs> no, that was just a suggestion. We I mean, how many conversations it. did y'all jot down that we supposed to have? No, because there's there's so there's there's so many there's there's so many as black people we deal with a lot of stuff and there's just so many things out there that we we truly need to have conversations with each other to kind of understand and I think K Law just brought in another one about how you know black people are the only one can kind of hear your issues that you are struggling with because of quote unquote maybe the white person. Or the white man, or whatever, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, well, my my therapist is definitely a black man. So that's that's you know, that's, that's, that's no. yeah. But uh, definitely, and shout out, you know, K Law. We we appreciate having you on here and hearing your voice. It sounds so lovely. Nice to be here. Thank you, fellas. Yeah, it was great. Um, shout out to all our listeners for continuing to 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 listen to us. And um, leaving comments on our social media page, uh, we really appreciate it. We do read everything you guys say. Um, um, this is A Mike, and this is episode 76 of the EPS podcast. And we're out. Shout out, OG. Shout out, I the Great. Hot team done. Sandwiches. You didn't say that right, but that's okay.